Hey, this is Jack Shoulder. You are listening to the Walter Paisley Movie House. Welcome to the Walter Paisley Movie House, where we celebrate the little engines that could not. Our music is by Jonathan Harmon, and I am your host, Dylan Rory. Today's episode is brought to you by Unshian and Delu Optometry, now running a special on straight razor LASIK surgery. Today's guest is the founder of Ghost Limb Films, writing and directing such unique, inimitable, and surreal low-budget films as The Stranger, I Was a Teenage Mummy, Gollywalk Cakewalk, and The Orbitrons, which Nathan Schiff of Psychotronic Magazine described as a unique, gross-out surprise. His most recent film as a director is 2015's Sweet Lorraine, starring Tatum O'Neill, Stephen Bauer, and cult movie lurker Peter Green. Not only that, but he has also been photographed by New York City legend Doris Kloster. And that's literally all I know about him. If Salvador Dali, John Waters, and David Lynch had a baby, he would be today's guest, Chris Frieri. <laughs> but hey, Chris. Well, the best introduction <laughs> I've ever gotten. Oh, well, good. Thank you already. <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah, good. Good, good. Thanks for joining me. So I, I know very little about you other than... Um, I, I was actually reading a psychotronic magazine and ran across the Orbitrons and I sought it out uh, and you actually were able to get it to me once I found you. And as I was watching, I was like, I've seen this movie. And I realized back somewhere in the mid nineties, I had swapped a bootleg VHS of who knows what to get a bootleg VHS of, I was a teenage mommy and the <laughs> mummy and the Orbitrons. And so I had seen hey. both of those. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I can imagine what they looked like at the time. I hope that these versions were a little better uh, than those. Um, but yeah, hey, you know, they were going, they were rolling around a little bit in the day. Yeah. The, um, the mummy. That that was like a Norton Records got behind that. It was like a, a an independent record label at the time. The, the band that was in the film, the A Bones. The A Bones, yeah. They. Uh, <clears throat> They got behind. They they promote help promote it and everything. So that became like kind of popular, but like uh, some of the other films, uh, you know, they didn't have that kind of backing. Uh, the Orbitrons uh, went over well on its own. Uh, people always like that one. That always screens really well. Yeah. The Stranger. That you know. But but those two things. You know, I've been doing. I've I've been uh, restoring these films recently, mm -hmm. and you know, I, I doing new transfers, and they're so much sharper than the old ones. But I did it before I did the transfers. I had other like beta copies of these things, and I was using those transfers. But they they look terrible compared to the new ones. So I, I like so, so that was the warm up. So I'm redoing the Orbitrons and the Mummies. You'll have sharper versions of them one of these days. Okay. But I'm probably about a year from now. I'm doing. I'm working on the other ones. The Stranger. That was something that was that was a film that was really like no one liked. You know. Everybody I know disliked it. Like, really? The, the people who love me most tell me, find something else to do with your time after that one. <laughs> but I soldiered on. But that, that film, yeah, it went over. It bombed really terribly. But like the, uh, but now, I re that was the first one I was really able to restore in recent times. I did a new transfers, and, and I shot quite a bit of film of that, too. There was mm -hmm. like a lot of film shot. And those early films, I had to cut them by hand, you know? So it was like a complete mess, really. You were shooting eight. on Super 8? I was shooting on Super 8. So okay. I had to cut them with slices and everything. So it was it was nice work when you were doing it, but there was like the transfer process is terrible for Super yeah. 8. Small gate and the sprockets and the whole thing. Mm -hmm. and you always get stuck at the splices and so on. Super 8 <laughs> good. If you don't, you don't cut it, then it's fine. It'll go through the gate really easily. So, but the stranger... Uh, it went over so poorly that you know it played only in a few places that uh, you know no one's ever really seen it it did come out it, it, it did come to the chicago underground film festival in 1994 excuse um, me i'm sorry about that no, not at all um so yeah it never never went over well but now it, it's like having it's a 30-year uh moment uh, yeah so it's going to be playing here in new york at a place at the slipper room downtown uh, oh great next week and it'll probably be playing out somewhere else too at some point in Brooklyn, I think, coming up. And uh, okay, I think it's. Uh, I, I'm hoping that it works well now. But it looks better than ever. Digs when I looked at the print of the thing, the print. I mean, the the, the copy I had, like the, the the transfer that I had, looked terrible. Like uh, even you, you couldn't even really see it. It was like a blotchy, complete mess. It was like a super yeah. eight. It was like out of a super eight uh, print of it. 
it was just a terrible thing. So had you blown our, that up? Was it blown up to 16 at that point? No, it never was even never blown was. Up. Okay. Like, if we did, it would have been like a, uh, like a Rorschach test. It would have looked like yeah. <laughs> so the, uh, so yeah, that, that's it. Uh, you know, so I'm working on that stuff and I'm, I'm working on a new film. I, I'm not going to talk about it yet, but it's more about like a, a happier movie than uh, most of the stuff I worked on. Okay. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that's it. That's, cool. that's, that's what I'm doing now. I don't even know if you asked me. I don't know what you asked me. But uh, I haven't yet. No, no, we're just talking. <laughs> you were talking about those. Three yeah, movies. we're just yeah, talking. Those, uh, they were they were uh, uh, happy days. It was like young. Uh, you know, I was a young person, and it was yeah. like happier. Like it was like uh, you know, I didn't care. You know what the hell I did. It was like all like you know, just doing it. You know, so I was I was you know, didn't so, wasn't thinking too hard. I wasn't thinking too hard about it. So let, let's back up a little bit. So are you, were you born in Newark and grew up there? Well, no, no. I was born there and I made it till when I was seven. You know, I went to the first grade there and then I moved to Union. Okay. And I actually I, know Jersey pretty well. I, oh, I traveled there a lot for my old job. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, like when you uh, leave Essex County and go to Union County, like... <laughs> life goes straight downhill after yeah, that. It's a lot different. <laughs> yeah. And when you, uh, when you turn six to seven and eight and nine, life goes downhill then in many ways too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because it's better not knowing anything, you know, then everything's cool. Um, so yeah, so I went there, so I went there and then, you know, so I lived there till after high school. And then I was in Irvington, mm -hmm. Elizabeth, Jersey City, Harrison, Hoboken man just jumping around and then I landed in uh I landed on 13th street okay in, uh, New York and here I here I'm sitting right now <laughs> all right yeah, looking at the alley so what got you into filmmaking well yeah well for me my first the first thing I've ever saw like a projected or a any kind of movie at all where I was like you know it was beyond like whatever I was watching on television when I'm four years old or three years old really is uh, Abbott, my uncle George had Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein. On a, on a I can't tell radio. you how many times that movie has come up on this podcast. <laughs> it really has. Because they, they ran it a lot on TV, but my uncle yeah. George had a copy. So like maybe a couple of times a year, I would watch this thing. And uh, it made a big impression. Yeah. And then like some point, like when I got, when I moved to Union, then I had, there was like a second TV. And like, so now like they prop me in front of the TV on Saturday. So, I remember watching all those beautiful Universal films mm -hmm. and like the early ones, seeing that stuff. And then I graduated to Warner Brothers and uh, RKO. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I grew up watching that and a lot of TV. I liked, uh, you know, I watched Batman and I watched the Monkees and like uh, mm -hmm. Green Acres and Get Smart. They were all big favorite things and Monty Python. And so like, you know, I watched Flash Gordon. I watched a lot of PBS, The Silent Years. And that's yeah. why I really liked the silent films and the old films. But then when, like, I got old, you know, I was getting out now, like, you know, I'm able to get around more, like, I'm a t later teens, I'm driving, and I'm able to go to, you know, so now I'm seeing, like, crazy movies, like, I'm seeing really cheapy movies, and the cycle, like, the slasher cycle was going on, Yeah, they were, like, cheap Italian productions, or whatever, whoever was producing them, but they were making them on the cheap, and they were, like, really kind of crazy. And that whole moment was happening. And then, then like the video stores opened and the VHS came around. And now mm -hmm. I start seeing like John Waters and Herschel Gordon Lewis and things that I yeah. never saw before. I only read about or only heard, barely heard of really. And I started seeing that stuff and uh, the stuff that could fill in the, all like the strange 50s sci-fi and the 60s stuff that I didn't see because they weren't in the package for the local station. Right, so right. There I was. And then like after that, I was in the Navy, I was in the Navy for a minute here in like 1980. And I was AWOL from the Navy. So now I'm in like the throes of a rebellion, like you know, the height right. of my like a juvenile delinquency at like 21 or 22 or something. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm a, 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 like an outlaw. <clears throat> so then I started, that's when I started shooting, I was inspired really by that stuff. Like mm -hmm. all the stuff I was watching that was playing in those days, but like, definitely seeing John Waters and Herschel Gordon Lewis and like Russ Myers and this stuff that this stuff you didn't see that wasn't playing in the local theater. Yeah. You'd have to go looking for it, you know, uh, when you were a young kid and it was like just not around and it wasn't, you know, there's no VHS, no anything. So 
that's what started me. And I shot this cheap little thing called Cemetery Meat Crimes. Um, and it's a mess. We chop somebody's dick off with a machete, we, you know, uh, eviscerate sure. you know, uh, sure. rip out somebody, eviscerate them or whatever, rip out their intestines, <laughs> you know, and um, all this kind of fun. Like, but it's right out of Herschel Gordon Lewis. And uh, yeah. And then it was really, uh, I just started from there and like, uh, I was, uh, was going to ask you uh, about Herschel's influence, especially um, in The Stranger. There's a scene in particular where it cuts to color and it's a close up of a mouth with blood coming out. It's really oversaturated the color uh, yeah, and everything. Yeah. And I'm like, this is Herschel Gordon Lewis. You know, it looks better. The thing you saw was a lot better look than the, the, what it started out as. I'm sure. <laughs> it's a better film than what it started out as. But like, um, because, you know, with, the, with those, that, that, that film in particular but all all those early films you didn't want to cut them too tight you couldn't make like sharp cuts in them because you'd have a one second cut it would be a few frames and you put a splice in it and it would be like a messy looking thing it would never go through the projector correctly right. or like you know and if you made a print of it the print looked terrible yeah but later now 30 years later i was able to actually like work with the stuff i was able to like bring back stuff that was too dark at the time that i mm -hmm. didn't you know, i couldn't I couldn't lighten it. It was too late. It was just a reversal print. And uh, so, yeah, the, the, the thing you saw is pretty good, really. But like, yeah, it's all uh, it's all of that. It's all Herschel Gordon Lewis and Edward. Not even so much Edward. I didn't know who Edward was, but that style of filmmaking. And I watched mm -hmm. and I watched a couple of them recently uh, that, 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 that still hold up. But I watched uh, a lot of like the four realer things like Bowery Boy movies or, yeah. like, um, you know, Blondie or the Three Stooges, like that, or, or like uh, Laurel and Hardy. They were like the more compact kind of films. Or I watched uh, recently uh, Sherlock Holmes too. I watched The Voice of Terror and like The Woman in Green. The old Basil, the Basil Rathbone. Yeah, ones. the Basil Rathbone. Yeah, ones. yeah. Which are things I just, you know, I watched these things like I was on a steady diet of that as, as a young person, and i have seen them forty years later. It's like my God, this is fantastic. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. You know, I see it's a very simple movie making, but it's like they 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 pull out every trick in the book in these things. Uh, as well, that's far as filmmaking goes. So they're working cheap. And you, so you taught yourself pretty much all of this as you were going along. Yeah. But, well, what happened with me was when I went. So I shot the first film in the cemetery with a, uh, my friend's father's eight millimeter, you know, straight irregular eight millimeter camera. Mm -hmm. But then, like after that. Like I shot that in the spring, but in the summer I bought, I went and got it like a, a two hundred dollar, like a really nice uh, super well, at the time, but like it was an electronics place. I went to Times Square; they had all the electronics stuff, and I bought a, an Elmo Super Eight camera. It was like two hundred dollar camera, um, and that was the first. That's what I shot the Flader Moss and not mm -hmm. the Orbitrons. The Orbitrons is, is kind of a bit later, but I shot, started shooting on that. Then it was like. Uh, start shooting super it was also cheap too you know like yeah the roll yeah. of film was five six dollars and the processing the loud fees are real cheap on it yeah and you drop it off in the Times square it was like a place called kinolux it was uh, mr richardson the guy's name was and you'd, you'd walk onto the block like 45th street or something 46th street and, and you could smell like the uh the, the chemicals in the picture from the lab lifting <laughs> down the block and it was just a nice moment uh, i used to come from irvington i'd be on the bus mm -hmm. the port authority and uh pop into a Times Square and drop off these films. Uh, and that that's my favorite one, the Flatermoss. And the, that's what I'm finishing now. I don't know if I said I'm looking that. for, I, I saw the trailer on it. And uh, I, yeah, I really want to see the it, movie. Yeah, it's a better, <laughs> I, now I have a, I'm, I'm coming up with a better version of it. Okay. And that film is really the, the most honest of them all. And it's the best one in many, many ways. And the, uh, I, uh, when I played, it never played, played once. It, I, when it was, when it was, at, when I did it initially, we went up to, I had a friend who was going to the University of Bridgeport. He's going to art school up there. Okay. Uh, he, he had us up there for a screening. It was like half a dozen people there. We had a cassette that was like going along with like putting music to it, but you had to like stop and go with it because it would go out of sync, obviously. <laughs> and we had a, a, yeah, it was like, it was a nice setup though. It was a great, it was a great thing. And, uh, but it ran like for 45 minutes. This thing now runs about 19 minutes and it can, we were projecting the, uh, there was like a World War II footage over here and side by side, we'd be projecting our footage uh, going on. And uh, so this thing here, yeah. It, so it, that thing, when I played it, 
for all the, you know, I haven't played that many times. I've played films like for many years all over the place. Mm-hmm. That way, I got the best reception that I've ever gotten. The Deflator was. Oh wow! It went down well, you know. Went cool. Down. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, the, the copy you have is okay, but it's like it's so much going to be so much sharper, like in a month or two. So Great. You hold out. There's no hurry watching it. You've waited. <laughs> it's been the 39 years. Or so, <laughs> you know. And believe me, that that's a film no one ever saw. I You'll so I, the first people. <laughs> I had a bet with myself on, on that you had gone to film school for a while. I just had it in my head just as I was watching. Um, <laughs> oh, really? And uh, watching I, The Stranger I, and watching um, The Orbitrons, especially in The the Orbitrons, there's a moment um, where they're, he's motorcycling through the graveyard and you're <laughs> shooting you're shooting from behind. He takes the curve, the edit cuts, and you're in front of him now just as he's coming off that curve. And I'm like, Oh really? Man, only somebody <laughs> going to film school would have that eye for continuity. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know, it's a rare, a rare moment that like I could come up with a, an eye for continuity. But there were, like, but there were several trying. moments. There were several moments like that as I watched them, where I'm, I'm just like, it's like either he's watched a lot of movies or he got a little bit of training somewhere. Somebody, somebody taught him, or he's watched tons of movies. He's like me, and all he's done is watch movies all yeah, his life. Well, I, 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 you know, I watch them less now. I, I watch a lot of stuff on, you know, not not a lot. Of stuff. I, I watch like short stuff on YouTube often enough. But I watch, you know, I watch old films like I watched Sherlock Holmes and I watched mm-hmm. the, the Bowery Boys on there a little while ago. Um, so I watch still, but like growing up, it was like uh, that was like the nipple attached to my face. Like, yeah, same here. <laughs> in front of the tv like a real uh and now i heard that the term recently is a gen zoomer it's like when you're way <laughs> the hell at the end of the baby boom right and, uh, and you're right on the cusp of me yeah, the you, know, like, like yeah. Suffer. you suffered through both of these things you know uh, <laughs> the 60s and the 70s. Uh, but they were you know it was happy days but that's what there was it was like yeah watch tv and he found and no one i used discovery for me as a kid was like finding the uhf dial I remember yeah. that a beautiful moment. Yeah. Spanish language stuff. And you could watch the Three Stooges. It was like, Les Tres Chiflados. Fantastic. <laughs> and they had Laurel and Hardy on there in, in Spanish, like in the afternoons. And it was just great. It was better because you didn't even have to know what they were saying. You didn't right. Know what they were saying kind of. It was funny no matter what. <laughs> the voices came out great, you know. And, uh, and uh, like stuff like Uncle Floyd. That was like a yeah. thing for me, too, when I found that in like the late 70s. Uh, and a lot of wrestling too. I watch a lot of the stuff from the Olympic Auditorium. <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> they had like the best, best uh, wrestlers ever. Uh, so yeah, I got good. I stopped watching, you know, in the eighties at some point. But I, sure. I watched it as a kid uh, for sure. Uh, a lot of like uh, Channel Forty. Were you a Zachary guy? Did you stay up and watch Zachary? I watched Zachary, and, uh, and and you know what I found recently on YouTube is Zachary on on UHF. Back in, in the middle 60s, 66. Oh, yeah. 67, he had a uh, a dance show he ran out of Newark, New Jersey. Wow. It's unbelievable. <laughs> if you look it up, you'll find it. It's there. Yeah. Zachary the dance thing or whatever. It was probably it ran for a couple of seasons, I think it said. But like there's one little ugly looking, uh, beat up looking episode of it on, awesome. on YouTube. It's great. Oh, it's great. If you like him, if you really like him. You love the thing. I have to look that up. Forget what bands he's got on there. It's like it's like Hullabaloo or like sure, yeah, yeah, teenage shit. That's a lot of those. A lot of those late night horror guys always were like either running kitty shows during the day or they'd show cartoons, and then they Friday night they'd show some Hammer classic. (laughs) Yeah, you know now you know what what I I loved uh, later like in the later seventies when I was older already I was already like taking a lot of drugs and everything. I used to watch the guy the creep. Oh yeah, yeah. The creep, but the creep was was great. I think he was like in the management or in like the executive class of like Channel Five. Yeah, he was an upper. He was an upper upper guy, and he just and did this like, for I, fun. He stumbled on the job, and it's like they'd shoot that, and uh, he'd make a good show of it. But he was yeah. really really cynical and funny. Um, so I watched him. Yeah. So all that stuff, man. So, you yeah. Know. And then <clears throat> at some point, I you know I found the art house and all of that but mm-hmm. that was like later like you know maybe in my later 20s i maybe i think the first 
It was like something like uh, the, this, uh, that Led Zeppelin movie. That's not like, or like Rocky Horror. That's not really art house. No. Nah. <laughs> yeah, it's more like midnight matinee movie. Yeah, but like Paul Morrissey, like his stuff. Did you did you run yeah, into no, some the, of that? The first like real art house movie I think I went to see that is the Pin Drum. Oh, wait, oh you know. man, that's a oh, crazy yeah, movie. Yeah. It's yeah, great. It's, great it's nuts. Um, and now I see if I go, I'll go to the movies. I'll see like repertory stuff like a lot. You know, I'll go to film forum. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so <clears throat> I'm, uh, you know, you know, I, I but. Uh, like I tell people, you have to throw your life away on something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so here it is. You know, uh, I mean? you got to watch the stranger. Like you know, you're making my day. You know, by that, and the good, you know, good for uh, me. I did something right. That might you know be that? one of my favorite quotes of all time. You have <laughs> to throw your life away on something. I really like that. Well, you got to do something with it. So you know, so, you know I managed to, uh, you know, <laughs> rebel, and then I kept on, like, you know rebelling until like you know so I, you know when i'm penniless and like destitute and like, <laughs> we'll see what happens with that you know i'm hang i'm hanging in there though i'm not like you know i'm not starving by any uh, means yet uh, well good you know, so you know. so going back then um the orbitrons that was shot in 88 started in 88 in 88 it was yeah 88 <laughs> it really saw the light of day in 1990 yeah, a place yeah. like oh, it was like the Wonder Bar, a place on the Seventh Street, like Seventh Street off of A. Okay, it was like a happening little place, so, and that's where it played. And that was the only place it played like for years. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's one I remember when I watched it, as it would like it was one of those moments as I was watching it again recently. It started coming back to me. When I'd watched it the first time, I'm like, "Oh, this is Plan Nine. He's, he's doing the Plan Nine parody." Oh, totally, yeah. You know, and, I'm, I, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, uh, I remember that. I remember there's the Tor Johnson, and there's this and there." And then I was like, "Oh, there's a little, uh, you know, there's this and that all around it." Um, I, I know what I was trying to make it like a like a like a dirtier version of it, where it's like, well, he couldn't. Yeah. Oh yeah. Make, he was aided at a mainstream audience. You can't be putting like you know naked bodies or sure. like any kind of sexual anything like you know innuendo a little bit, right? But like the uh, this thing, I, I tried to sex it up, like make it like pervy, like alien sex. Oh yeah, it was real so fun and pervy. Thing. It was but, depraved. But it was, it was right at wood. And when I watched, you know what it is? I had been watching the Orbitron. I don't. I didn't watch the thing for a million years, but I watched it when I was redoing it a year or two ago. And then at some point, I was watching Antenna TV, and I saw Plan Nine on there. And I'm watching it going, holy Christ. <laughs> oh, God damn more. I know it better. I know the Orbitron is better than I know Plan 9, but it's like I'm watching it going, like, oh my God, it's everything in this movie. <laughs> they had like, like kind of like better sets, you know, like the outside of the door and all that. Was, yeah. You know, it was pretty like, you know, like they got it from the studio. But I mean, um, even like the the two goofy cops and the oh, um, the lady at one point the the lady, she um, you stupid little man. I'm like, you, that's <laughs> so plan nine. Oh, it's right out of a plan. It's right out of plan nine. Yeah, yeah. that's you're great. Stupid, you're stupid, 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 stupid. I loved it. I mean, it was great. I mean, for a for a nerdy guy like me, who I, I'm, Ed Wood is like a god to me. Uh, you know, oh, watching watching. Else, but... What's that? It's something else. He, he, it's yeah. so nice that he's got his due. Like after the nineties, we're like. I remember going to like the film forum when, when they do it, mm-hmm. you know, you're somewhere then, but like they had an Ed Wood film festival and they ran all of his like, oh, they awesome. his stuff. and uh, you know, awesome. there's quite a few films. I mean, made a lot of films. Like yeah. the only one I ever heard of was plan nine. And like they did the, 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 the Lugosi one with the bride of the gorilla, bride, and, bride uh, of the monster and bride of the Leonard Glenda. Yeah, did they do any of the ones that they do like the violent years? He didn't direct that, he did but he all, wrote he did it. All of them. And know what the, the great okay. one was the guy when the criminal had the plastic surgery and he enters like wearing like bandages. Like it was a jail bait or like jail, yeah, yeah, I jail can't bait. Remember what yeah. the name of it was, but I remember seeing that at film forum. It was like a, a good uh did a they do his film. later stuff, the porn he did later? Not like the take porn. it out and trade. Okay. Yeah, they're worth the they're worth taking an eye at. It's they're not great. They're they're more like nudie cuties. They're not super, but but watching them is is kind of fascinating. He's in them in uh, drag, and he's like really broad in it. And stuff. it's kind of fun. They're from yeah, the, like I, the I, early seventies. Well, he was an imaginative guy, and you know, like the, 
to me, like the 50s were kind of like the bland, the Hollywood moment. It was like, you know, they started doing these spectacles and big giant movies and that. Like uh, they left the, uh, they had to do something. They're competing with TV now. And um, so, you know, there's great movies obviously made in the 50s. And, you know, yeah. Like, but, but his stuff, like, or that style of filmmaking, those cheapy movies from the 50s, mm-hmm. that was really like, you can still watch them now you don't have to take them seriously but like just as ent- for entertainment value whether you're laughing out of them or laughing at the stuff mm-hmm. it uh it holds up really it's great because plan nine from outer space is like to me it's just as much of a classic as uh searchers or you right. know whatever yeah, big huge movies out of the 50s it's like you know it's maybe yeah. not as big a production or a greatest production better mm-hmm. actors better script but it doesn't matter it's like they to me they're like side by side really uh Glenn or Glenda is another one. I just actually oh, showed that great. recently for a Pride Month event. Yeah, it plays. And it plays. It's yeah. it's like people who'd never seen it were like, "Wait a minute, this was '53." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> it was." <laughs> Early civil rights movie. <laughs> well, yeah. I I I like talking about him, and especially right now because you remind me a lot of him, and that auteur <laughs> the the auteur way that you just I'm going to make movies, and you just go do it. Yeah, and, I did it. And I, I mean, there that was is the approach, bro. The Ed Wood approach. There's a lot of imagination in them. There's a lot of, I can see, uh, despite the low budget, despite the deficit of acting, there is <laughs> a lot of uh, just commitment from everybody involved, which to me is what makes a true a. a good film it will it will capture me if everybody is committed 100 percent. no matter how dumb crazy it is if everybody's <laughs> committed i'm gonna watch it and you know, i appreciate i appreciate that really that's kind to you and, and and the people that i worked with you could believe like uh, they didn't get paid much you know or if they mm-hmm. got paid at all most of them sure. got paid nothing and the early things like something like the orbitrons and deflator mouse they're um they were made with like my friends, like the people I went to school with. I was, was going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's like that. Uh, so, you know, it's like they, they, they are the people who are very committed because they like me enough <laughs> to like commit themselves to it. You know what I mean? So it was, yeah. So that's when I, when I look at those early films, they're, they're, they're really the most meaningful to me. Uh, that's, and, I had, uh, I had Mark Pirro on here. Are you familiar with him? Um, he did a uh, Polish uh, vampire in Burbank. Um, I know the movie. I okay. Know the movie, yeah. It was an eight millimeter film. He shot, he started an eight millimeter film Wait, festival in LA. That? Uh, that was 80 something, early eighties. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember. 81 maybe. Yep. I remember. Um, it may, it actually was, it's noted cause it made um, the most money of any eight millimeter low budget film uh, when he sold it to USA Network for their Up All Night program. It, ha- it has a really particular look to it, Super Eight. It has like a, a yeah. feeling look to it. Uh, you know, it's not, uh, you know, it's great. You know, and if you can make mm-hmm. it look, you know, you're doing, if you know what you're doing, how to light it, uh, yeah. you could do a lot of things with it. Uh, and that, I interrupted you. No, no, not at all. I, w- I was just going to say um, it was kind of the same for him where he would get his friends together. <laughs> and let's make a movie and it's like john waters did it and, yeah uh, you know, exactly sure ed, and ed wood for that matter those absolutely were all his buddies he was hanging around with Griswell. <laughs> yeah yeah he had like a, a repertory players that he just go yeah, to every time them, uh, and, I, uh, it's always that you know so making those films the early ones were really a labor of love and it was like you're with your pals and like mm-hmm. you know and even later i said you know the mummy i made with like a lot of actors were, were in that or you know they were student actors, whatever they were, but yeah. they were like my old friends. So it was dotted with that. But I always tried to use my, you know, the old people and in, in all of that stuff. And uh, Sweet Lorraine was like the the change of pace. It was like kind of like out of my hands, you know. It was like a yeah, big, it was like a big, you know, it was like a conglomerate of people working on that. And the uh, I do want to work up to that because I've got a lot of questions about it. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. I haven't had a oh, chance. Oh, Sweet Lorraine? To, yeah, I haven't found it to be able to watch the whole thing. Oh, yet. really? It's, it's, it's on, uh, I didn't send you a link to it on, uh, I found, on uh, I found on part, part one of the Sweet Lorraine Diaries. I watched that. Oh, that was just thing. A little, yeah, yeah. But it, was, it looked like just some scene stuff um, and some behind the scenes stuff. Um, I'll send you the link though for it's definitely okay. on video. Thank you. I'd like to see it. I'll send it to you. Yeah. It's, okay. It's, it's, a, it's you know, I'll tell you a little bit about that. But we we 
we, you know, we I took seven years to write, you know, went on forever. But I, I met a guy uh, through Diva Hossi, a girl who plays in Orbitrons and she plays in uh, yeah, yeah. the Plato Mouse. Like, <clears throat> I'm fascinated like, with her. I've been oh, trying to find great. out more about her. Yeah, she's great. She's a, she's <laughs> a real star. She's like the Gloria Swanson of uh, Ghost Limb now, you know what I mean? Or like uh, or Greta Garbo, more to the point. But like, uh, <laughs> maybe like Gloria Swanson, because the years are passing for her, just like the rest of us. But she's um, but she's great, and uh, she's she really put her heart into this stuff. But through her, I met this guy Frederick Zolo, who is uh, he's a producer of some renown, really, and he's he's made twenty probably twenty five films, but his his famous films are uh, Mississippi Burning. Mm-hmm. Which I don't really care for, it, but he made he was involved in Quiz Show too. He's one of the producers yeah. that with Robert Redford, which was a really good film. Um, but so I met him and over time, like, you know, we were hanging around, palling around and like, but I, I shot a film of when the World Trade Center moment happened on 9-11. I saw that. I watched I shot that. that down there and he was very impressed by that, you know, and th- then he suggested, why don't we, when are we going to make a movie? When are you going to write a script? So I said, you know, you want to okay. make a movie, we'll write a script. So here I go. So I, I wrote the script, took a million years and then, uh, we made this thing and it was supposed to be at least it really needed 20, at least 24 days to shoot it. But when we started it, it was going to be 19 days. By the time, like we were shooting it, it got cut down to 17 days. So I had to like remove a ton of scenes from it, like all the character stuff where you get to know the characters a little better, you know, but Mm -hmm. it turned into like this thing, but it had enough to it and it bounced around enough between characters it held together well enough could have been a better film than it is but but it's not a bad film and you can still for whatever it's not you can see the intention but i can see the intention that i know the script really well but i see yeah. the intention that i had making it like you know what, what it is now and it really came up okay and it was tatum like that was her first real story like for a role she was the top uh build person in it that i can think of unless she made maybe she made some she made a couple of like other cheapy movies in the 80s. yeah yeah she's kind of got a like long an, an career of that mm-hmm. but um but she she was she was cool she she was uh you know real ro- hollywood royalty you know right yeah she's kind of a pain in the neck you know she wouldn't have the best like, attitude uh, towards any the whole thing you know but she was a very good actor mm-hmm. and you know when you're there you you know what you, you did like you know you have to respect that so you have like you know well i mean it's, it's like a, a it's so fascinating looking at that cast it, it was when i was when i started researching you when i started learning about what you were doing and and getting reacquainted with films i had seen i, I jumped to this one and i'm like this is night and day you know the the last oh, yeah, yeah, movie was, before this one now yeah. we've got you know stephen bauer who's don Eladio and breaking bad and uh you know oh, peter yeah, green yeah, who's yeah, zed yeah, and yeah, he became fiction after sweet lorraine but... <laughs> yeah. yeah but still it's like you know this this kid jimmy walker uh you know it's just full of this cast of people that you're like what like happened the, re- the rehab the rehab <laughs> cast that's what i what i call <laughs> you have to see it to believe it but jimmy walker you know how he took the part <laughs> we wrote the part for he, he had ray. alimony i don't know <laughs> no no we wrote the part for rudy ray moore i the name rudy ray i assumed yeah <laughs> yeah he done it he died though before the film where we got off the ground right. he died in 2008 something like that or like right mm-hmm. so on the strength of his manners saying, oh, he wrote this part for rudy ray moore and he took the part on that and he worked cheap it was like one day work, you know, but he showed up mm-hmm. and then he left. He was going somewhere. He left him like a, you know, the car pulled up for him and off he went. But he was a, a nice guy and a real professional. Good. And, uh, as a, with actors, you can't say anything better about them, but they like, he behaved like a professional. And he knew, he told me when I walked in, he's got to do this stuff. He's like, well, like, don't expect me to like, you know, recite this stuff like it's out of a book. You know what I mean? I right. like, you know, you just do as best, the best you can do it and do what you got to do with it. Like you know, yeah, deliver the bullshit, you know. And uh, so and he came out there and he was spitting the stuff out like, uh, like he made it up himself. You know? yeah. <laughs> so he was like, he was a you know serious guy. And, and uh, uh, Stephen Bauer was a very like a real like a real professional actor too. And the most professional of all the actors 
and I really like this guy was like a real pro was um uh scott uh, scott william winters winters yeah yeah i he was from in oz he was in the show oz yeah yeah he was he was like the brother in that the of yeah, uh he was like the slow brother yeah yeah this thing here but uh, he he was reading things this long like uh, you know eight paragraphs of writing and he would spit the stuff out in the same cadence get it you know he wouldn't miss a lot he wouldn't miss wow. a lot it, but wouldn't you worry that guy was like a dead serious guy but he put that dress and, and he was the guy we hired the day before we started shooting he was like the last guy on board we got him on a saturday i gave him the script on a saturday and we needed him on sunday to come up for photographs mm-hmm. like the, the photographs the blackmail photos that he turns up in the okay but it's funny now, I guess, like, uh, it's a different attitude uh, now. But, but, you know, well, of course, that movie was like it was written, say, in 2009. So I'm thinking like it's 1979. <laughs> but at the time, like, it was out, it was like, it was meant as a girl power type of film. Like, it was a girl power movie. Like, the girls are kicking this guy's ass. They're like, they're winning, like, the battle of the sexes in this thing. And, um, but it can also be seen as this horrible, like, you know, sexist, horrible kind of thing. <laughs> and like, no one thinks it's very funny at all. It's like I'm insulting or offensive. So it's typical. It's like, you know, I'm trying to make something, uh, you know, palatable for like a broad audience. Like, you know, this is what it turned into. But like, the, the, the thing was, in, you know, with the scripts, I started shooting, I started writing in 2002. It didn't see the light yeah. of day till 2015, so it's like you know times have changed since then. Sure, also yeah. too, it was written for no uh, cell phones, no computers and cell phones. So people like uh, were looking at that, and that was some of the criticism I got was like, you know, we don't even know what like time zone we're living in here. Because uh, <laughs> like the cars are kind of like a couple little cars that are kind of on the modern side, or more mm-hmm. like you know contemporary cars. The but the whole thing like has a vibe from like some like twilight zone or something which i'll take to so what was that what was happening between then like let's say the last movie you made in the 90s to 2002 when you started writing this what was happening in that in between oh that gollywalks cakewalk movie was around and uh uh-huh. i had the b-reel from that which like really went over better than the film and there's no story that was just all naked girl. women wasn't it yeah. <laughs> And I watched it recently. It played a little <laughs> while ago, and it's like it's really dark and horrible. It's not dark, like you know, dark like it, the print looks like hell. So I got you took that. You of, took that to Poland. I took it to Poland. Yeah, yeah. That, that is as far as I've ever been in this world. Like I made it to Warsaw. So I was like, you know, that's pretty cool. Steps though. Away from the Soviet Union, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and the film went over like, okay there, and they, 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 it was nice. But the people there were very very nice to me, and I stayed in like the little art gallery that they had, like. Uh, played the oh, cool. gallery and they had a room for me waiting for me they were very nice people and, and uh, the guy told me uh Shmemek, his name was and i still see him somewhere online someplace Shmemek, i can't remember his last name but um he told me it's like the polish people if they watch this movie if they don't like it they won't clap <laughs> don't think like they're going to be polite because you're sitting here <laughs> you know what i mean like, i don't fucking care <laughs> but it, it ended and they clapped for it you know yeah you say they went crazy and like you know they didn't bring the house down and insist on me taking a bow or anything they clapped they were they were you know they were either polite or they like you know they liked it you know and what's not to like you know you know stupid movie and it's all over now now looking at it now i, I would cut two or three minutes out of it to, okay but i crossed that bridge down the road you know? <laughs> no, hurry, so no nobody's clamoring to see it but the other part, the other movie played, I went to San Francisco, but played at the Red Vic down there, like, hey, Dad. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. That was cool, but like, you know, it never got a good turnout. And it always got like an okay reception, but it was never went over like all that well. Uh, but it was that kind of a movie. It was a silent movie. It was kind of like, for mm-hmm. me, it was like a little, like you're probably a little on the ambitious side. You know, it took like five years of work to, to put that thing together. But the- I enjoyed doing it. And as I went, through the films, I started out making silent, and then with the dialogue, and then the mummy had like a lot of dialogue in it. And after that, mm-hmm. I was like, let me like get less dialogue. And as the years passed, the nineties went by. It got to be like, uh, let me do it without any dialogue now. <laughs> 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 gestures. 
and uh, yeah, that's what we ended up with. But it, it, that sucked a lot of time up, uh, you know. And it played mm-hmm. a handful of times, and it's, you know, I don't know, like, and now, like, that that's the kind of film uh, that maybe no one would want to see at this point because it's kind of like a dirty, spuddy thing, and uh, in a way, you know, like, but it's a love story. But it's I like, liked it. Oh, good. Well, you know. <laughs> I mean, you you, know, so you had me at dirty and smutty. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's that kind of crowd that I would call it like the rainbows, the the, uh, the raincoat set. You know what I mean? That show up like that crowd, like the theater. But, you know, it's a, it's an artfully done thing. There's things I would do differently now. You know, I might trim it and play around. But like, it you know. is it is uh, editing that must have been a nightmare. As I watched it, I'm just like, this is just image driven, and there's <laughs> so is. much happening in it. And it jumps so quickly back and forth. And yeah, I was just like, like this must have just been insane to edit. Uh, I didn't like, I didn't really think of it like that, but I <laughs> presented it like I did. But then like, you know, when you watch it with an audience, you get the vibe of like, are people even getting this at all? You know what I mean? Or like they following this. And sometimes you feel it like they're, you know, they're not really with this movie. They're rolling along with it, but it's like, mm-hmm. you know, people you know and then the honest people that i'm that i'm close with they'll tell me like yeah because when you jump from here to here if there's not this and this but i just like you know <laughs> i was feeling it you know i was a young guy and it was like, yeah fuck it you know if they don't get so are they paying me anything i tell them well it's worth the price of admission what did you pay to get in here you know a dollar two dollars you know right you know so you know yeah so that was just my attitude at the time you know um yeah, that movie. Yeah, I think it's okay, but you know, it's. I'll watch it again. You know, I haven't seen it in like a good twenty years. You know, so I'll watch it at some point. It's see what it looks like. It, that was what I was doing between like the nineties and the two okay. thousands was that, and then I started writing this thing with Freddie. But I made these couple of films in between. I made a couple of travel logs. Oh, okay. The was one. It's, it's a nice, like, it's kind of a nice. It's film. interesting. I would, yeah. I Watching would trim that. Joey Ramone play and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Joey's in there and, and Alan Ginsberg and uh, Don King's. The Getting to see Alan Ginsberg in it was pretty cool to me. Yeah, I always, yeah. I love Alan Ginsberg. Yeah, he's great. He's great. He was up there talking about his asshole. Of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what else would he do? <laughs> Tremendous. And um, so that thing, yeah, that, that was a good time. That was like kind of like, and I shot the World Trade Center thing. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and here I am. And then, like after after Sweet Lorraine, I started cutting this stuff. And I don't know, three years ago, like um, I made Sweet Lorraine's Diary. But that's like that's gonna be that's another thing that's gonna I'm gonna have to redo it because I have new transfers to some of the eight millimeter stuff that's in there. Okay. So I'm transplanting that. I redid it on that chapter one piece. So I have this thing, but that's like a. Have you see? Have you seen the chapters as that thing goes on? It really turns into something really like uh, blasphemous, you know. It's really, oh, cool! Uh, but you have to have patience. <laughs> you have to have an hour and seven minutes to watch it. But yeah, it turns into smut too. You see, our favorite movie star Daivahasi having like mm-hmm. a Beverly Hills swim, uh, like uh, swimming naked, like a new uh-huh. beauty, like an Ed Wood uh, movie. So mm-hmm. she, she's in it and. There's, yeah, she's in it quite a bit. In fact, besides that, she's in the, the, there's pieces of Deflator Master in there, and the Stranger, like the part when he's with the TV pre, with the television uh, minister. Yeah, yeah. When I started part that chapter one, that's the first thing that popped up, that's and I was like, "Oh man, up, are yeah. you throwing the movies together? Because that's awesome." <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah, well, you noticed, but a lot of people wouldn't, you know. So, you know, whatever they run across first, but uh, yeah, so that's. I'm working away, and now I'm restoring these old films. The Hearst movie, which I have not mentioned, the Hot Rod Hearst, was a nice movie I did with a lot of like old friends of mine. Mm-hmm. But when I went to transfer it, all like the the stock, I shot it all all in Kodachrome. It all turned mm-hmm. yellow. It's like oh man, you can't do anything with it. That's awful. You get that vinegar syndrome to happen, yeah, and it just all falls apart. it makes me want to cry. It sucks. But the black and white stuff held up somehow cool with the with adobe or whatever you're working on you you can clean it up neatly enough to make it like have you know a decent black and white look looks like super eight but it's a good look you know it looks better i was going to ask about your process of digitizing this and then and then doing the remasters on those 
So you're oh, I bought the Wolverine uh, machine. I've been contemplating it for several years. It was like, but it was okay. got like kind of mixed reviews. So, so what does that do? I'm not familiar with that. You can transfer Super 8 or, or 16 millimeter. I don't know. That's a wish. I hope they make a 16 millimeter one, but like mm -hmm. um, Super 8 or um, or regular 8. Okay. And it does like it does a great job. I mean, these professional places that I was going to, like uh, tape houses and you know transfer houses, mm -hmm. they don't pay attention to it, but they come back and it does jump around. There's problems at the splices. There's all kinds right. of problems come up. But you get to watch over it, and it's just a lot sharper looking. Like whatever whatever technology they're using now, as opposed to ten years ago or twenty years ago, like that Stranger thing that we did in the '90s, of thirty years ago. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, when I look at it now, I see like the, the the transfer I have of it that a digitized copy. It's like you can't even see it. It's like not you can't even see anything, you know. So it's like yeah. it's a pleasure. It, it really like so that's what I'm doing. I'm transferring it, but it's a million miles of film, and there's like bits I'm missing right. and all this. But I kept very good track of things, but like I didn't keep as good a track of things as I thought I did. You know what I mean? So <laughs> like that. But I did, you know, I did okay. But like yeah, so. It's that's what I'm doing. So it, but it's just because it, after this, it's funny. I had the, the deflator mouse, for instance, that had two reels. One of them's like 18 minutes. The other one's 19 minutes. I, but they, um, I, I transferred one of them twice, the first reel. And I transferred the other second one another time. But I wanted to go back and grab a couple of bits of the first reel. And in that little bit of time, like over the period of hey, a couple of months, it developed a crack down the middle of it. Oh. So now there's like this jumpy little line of light that bounces around like uh, as, the, as the shot goes. It's all mm -hmm. running in one place, but as the bodies move around behind it, it looks like it's shifting. And yeah, that was, it happened. Yeah. Real 2 is still, I ran some of that off too, but, but that didn't have the crack in it. But Real one's like, it's really like I pretty much did the last transfer. It's okay. nine-year-old film. And now the Orbitrons is coming up, and that's on this big giant reel that this thing won't take. So I'm gonna have to break it up into pieces. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's not impossible. But who the hell right. is doing any of this stuff? So I got to come up with some reels. I'm sure it's nerve wracking too when you're working with the original print, trying to you know, uh, thinking about really... having to cut it apart and all that. Well, you know, but but it's now or never because I, I just don't, don't know how long it'll last for. I was fortunate right. that the black and white stuff seems to be holding up better because I yeah. shot most of the stuff in black and white. So, and the sixty millimeter looks, you know, that that, that all looks good still. I mean, that it does look pretty watching those those early films of yours, and um, I'm not quite sure the chronology of them. But I can see definite improvement, and I kind of, kind of, kind of guess where which ones you shot earliest to latest by seeing the improvement. Um, how much more you're playing with the medium, and you do a lot of interesting things with the medium. Oh yeah. Um, did you want like? like are you an, are you like an Ernie Kovacs fan? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, remember like I didn't like it was uh, he like uh, you know when it was I was young when he was on I was a baby so I didn't watch it then. Sure, some yeah. Point, it came back on like PBS or maybe right. even on, like syndicated when it was the best of Ernie Kovacs. Yeah, and I took to that like completely. Yeah, you can see like uh, there there's some stuff in there where I'm like I, I can tell you're playing with the medium. It reminded me of Kovacs and, well, and the way that you take advantage of what you can do in camera and with the film. Um, yeah, you know, cutting from color to black and white. Yeah, well, you know, I like, you know, there was no reason to hold back in the, you know, so, like, you know, the stuff was like, you know, like some of these things, like the, some of them went over well and some of them not so well, but like the stranger went over terribly, like, but, you know, a lot of it no one ever saw. And it's, uh, but it's, um, I was, that's what I was doing. So it's, you know, what am I supposed to, you know, what, you know. Like, did well, that, did that, so like, when, not like there's any expectations for it or anybody really even cared you were just doing mm -hmm. it i was just doing it i wasn't like you know thinking like well, who's going to be my audience is they're going to like this and i was like well what do i like <laughs> you know right what the hell do i feel like doing or what am i thinking about and i just rolled with it and it, it's like you know if it didn't go over and no one got it, it, it i wish they did mm -hmm. but it ultimately it didn't really matter because it was like so like when you when you got that feedback the negative feedback for like the stranger 
You know, did that did that give you a kick in the balls? Was that well? It didn't. It never felt good, but you're sure. There, you know, that kind of movie, watching that and thinking back to what the print must have looked like. You know, I could see it and go, "Yes, it looks like she Gone with the Wind" or something. You know, it looks fantastic. Um, but like the people watching it must have been like their eyes must have been blazing over what the hell's even going. This guy's droning on about what he <laughs> sounds like Hun's Hall or what. You know what I mean? And uh, on and on and on. And uh, one of my favorite actors, uh, uh, for sure. And he was uh, hung like a Shetland pony. I've heard. Is that the case, really? Yeah. <laughs> he him. apparently at a party at Frank Sinatra's house. He got in a, a literal dick measuring contest with. Um, okay, Forrest, Frank. I heard about Forrest, you. Forrest Tucker. Oh, and he won. <laughs> oh, I'll bet you. And uh, I'll bet he had a bigger dick than uh, Slip Mahoney too, with Leo Gorsi. Oh, definitely better, bigger than Leo Gorsi. But... Leo Gorsi must have been drinking his into like the, uh, you know, he must have been like <laughs> shrinking this way the whole way. Where Hun's Hall, like, you know, seemed to have held himself together a little better. A little better, yeah. Um, oh yeah, so yeah, this whole thing, but yeah. So listen, you know, I know I feel now. I feel very like. Um, I'd rather be in like the here and now than in my high school years. Oh, sure. My 20s or yeah. any of these other things. So like, here I am. I'm going to make the best of it. And I'm getting a better reaction now from these films than I was then. And I'm hoping that like some younger people embrace me on some level. And uh, I mean, I, I'm doing my best to get the word out. I, uh, I was yeah, actually very, talking very with the, kind to you really. It's very kind of you to find me, but it's like oh, I, I'm a lot to me. I'm ready to come to Indianapolis anytime you want me. Hey, <laughs> that would be fucking great. We could do a film <laughs> festival of your stuff, man. Um, Run a no, I was actually. I, I, these people. I hit up a friend of mine today who does some work with trauma and asked if he had heard of you. And he was like, I think maybe. And then he, he <laughs> immediately texts me. He's like, I haven't, but this dude looks amazing. Where can I find his movies? <laughs> oh, they like me at Trump. That's great. I, I was so up I there many, some... many years ago, but but Uchil, the guy who played the stranger, he what's his name in the film? Uh and, and he was talking he was wasn't he the Toxic Avenger in no, those two? No, no, he's like he played like a goon in like the oh. second and third Okay. Avenger. Okay. So, I'd but, have to look it know, up. I'd have to a, look it up. Yeah, he was associated with Lloyd Kaufman, though. Like, I think Lloyd yeah. Kaufman lived on the Upper East Side, like, uh, way back when. Yeah, I think he so, still does. We had him on. He was my first guest on Oh, those. he's great. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing the Toxic Avenger in um, Bloomfield, like a theater there on Bloomfield Avenue, like right <laughs> on this side of the parkway, the uh, west of the parkway. Uh, uh, so, yeah, yeah. So, the, where the heck were we? <laughs> There we go. That's Chris Fieri, part one. Check out his movies. There's a link on the podcast page. Go check them out. Uh, he set up a Vimeo site for them. They're short. They're interesting as hell. Uh, if you're into cult film, if you're into obscure independent cinema, these are definitely worth checking out. Uh, part two will be up in a couple weeks. Then we've got Jack Shoulder, director of Nightmare on Elm Street 2, and The Hidden, and of course the classic Alone in the Dark, among many other things. He'll be coming up after that. Hey, get back out in the world. Have some fun. But take care of your servers, because at the Walter Paisley Movie House, we do not piss on hospitality. See you next time. <laughs>